1: Welcome to a Joycast from Joy 94.9. Visit joy.org.au to find out more about our Joycasts.
2: Hey, this is Jess Malboy, proud to be heard on
1: the beautiful Joy 94.9.
0: Hello, and welcome to Being There, Done That on Joy 94.9. Uh, with Gordon? No. No, we got rid of him for two weeks. and But I've still got Phil. I'm here in the Gordon Free Zone. Oh, yes, and I know. It's Chris here in the Gordon Free Zone.
1: And a new voice. Yes, hi, I'm Will. How are you going? Where well, there's a will, there's a way. Uh, <laughs>
0: you've been waiting just to say that haven't you for three weeks
1: as long as you don't say don't shoot it will oh no shoot it well <laughs> shoot it well, yes. yeah. <laughs> I I thanks very line.
0: much for joining us and uh, yes you. with Gordon gone on holes he's uh, he sailed out at noon yesterday on Monday and we are here doing it slightly differently because we've got a technical expert amongst us
2: and it's well, Expert's a bad word. Okay, but well it an ex is a has been, and a spurt is a drip under pressure.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I was going to say before you put that, that definition in, uh, we've a uh, resident expert to date has been Phil. Oh, I've been superseded have I? <laughs> <laughs> well, a new area of expertise.
2: Or well, somebody actually qualified in something is yes. here to speak.
1: What's your qualifications, Will? Well, it is a it is a, a, a bit of a tough title. It goes really well at really well at parties. I'm, I'm a laming, which is the technical term, but it stands for licensed aircraft maintenance engineer.
0: Ah, I know, but that's not what you wear. Do you, you don't mean? wear lame.
1: No, well Lime. I try not to be lame, but it's actually really good when you go on your um, trips overseas and you write in your customs form what your profession is and I write L A M E yeah. and they go and they get quite a bit of mumbridge about that. They go, What's a lamey? you know <laughs> 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 And they think you're having a laugh with it and they go, No, man, it's and you work at an airport and you don't know what a Lamey is? You know, yeah. come on. It gets well, tough. We
0: generally don't know what happens at an airport and with air craft and all the background mm-hmm. yes we do we see
2: on these shows every week the plane pulls in they fill it up with petrol and change the food and empty the toilet oh, and yeah. oh, that's if, all they tell us and fill the water oh, i hope they do <laughs>
1: <laughs> but we'll
0: find out about that in a little later in our show uh, we've got some anniversaries that we'll be trotting out because this is joy's history program highlighting gay icons diacons and bicons Those pioneers and the gay and broader communities and interesting events in history that still affect our lives. And I'm not sure whether this is the the important, the main part of our show, uh, useless pieces of trivia. Oh, we'll
2: we'll find some.
0: (laughs) Plenty of that, (laughs) I can assure you. The odd reference to The Simpsons.
2: When applicable. Oh, okay then. Or when inappropriate. Or when I can think of something.
0: I had a very, very busy weekend and my attention was diverted away from things that had happened in our nearby country and I just would... We were talking before the show and saying, well, uh, how do you react to something like what happened in New Zealand? And uh, I think it's just, well, I can say that it all happened before I knew what was happening and I just drew a breath afterwards and, and, and my shoulders dropped and I thought... Oh, what is happening? What is this world coming
1: to? Yeah, look, it's it's certainly a tragic scenario. It's certainly sad for the whole world what's transpired. All I've really got to say about it is um, my thoughts and condolences go to all the uh, victims, their family and their friends, and um, all the people who are involved in uh, dealing with the horrible scenario. Our thoughts are with you, and um, I hope you find the peace and recovery as soon as possible. Indeed.
0: We, we seem to be facing tragedies all around the world of various kinds. Floods, bushfires, aircraft falling out of the, the sky, as well as random acts of bastardry. Mm. And uh, they're, they're becoming more frequent. And you sometimes wonder, well, for me, it's not the normal. The no. current generation might consider that that is normal, but it's, uh, uh, I'm from a different era. I th- and
2: I think now news can be spread instantaneously where certainly 50 years ago, you'd wait for the, well, maybe not the newsreel, but things would take a lot longer just by the nature of the transmission.
1: Do you think this might be half the problem, is that when a nasty event happened around the world, say 20 or 30 years ago, it took so long for the details and information to get around, it became old news very quickly, people didn't get the time to upset or didn't have access to that bulk information to get upset and fester into something violence of into well we, something violent of what we've seen recently, we couldn't share
2: our feelings with a bunch of randoms either yeah so you'd be sitting there watching say a tv coverage of yeah the uh, hijacking in the middle east yeah and there'd be video of it but it wouldn't be live and it would be a point of discussion, and then you'd you'd move on. You didn't share your thoughts on Twitter or anything.
0: Mm. Well, the best event that I can reflect upon upon when nine eleven occurred, mm. I was in bed asleep or sleeping with my little radio going, and after midnight, in came the first of the stories of there's a plane crashed into the the buildings, the World Trade Center buildings, and I thought oh what's this and then they become a little bit more agitated and i jumped out of bed put the tv on and i sat there till four o'clock in the morning and that that was the immediacy of it we've had the immediacy of of war with the vietnam war mm. but before that as you said phil it it was what came back uh, on postcards but
2: my reaction to nine eleven. I actually saw live the second plane hit.
1: Mm. Sandra
2: Sully was live on air for the late news on Channel 10, and behind her on this screen, this plane flew into a building. My reaction was, wow, they got those graphics going pretty quick. I had no concept of a second plane or anything. I thought, well, you know, the graphic department just came and demonstrated this.
1: It was quite an interesting moment, and I was at work at the time when that happened, and I walked in from a job, and they had images of a, a aircraft had crashed into a building so we had one building on fire and i remember standing there going something's not right about this because if an airplane was to fly into a building or into a mountain it's usually obstructed by weather and mm. it was crystal clear and i go there's something not right about this it's crystal clear
2: oh, perfect conditions it didn't hit your mind that a pilot could be
1: trained to fly into a building yeah, well that too but i mean <laughs> And then all of a sudden the second airplane sailed in and we just yeah. instantly knew that, right, this is a whole different ball game here. So, yeah, sad times.
0: Sad indeed. So um, this is the new normality? I certainly hope not. I hope yeah, not. But either. our sympathies do go out to all involved. One of the other things that has happened around in the last weekend or so was uh, the beginning of Multicultural Week here in Melbourne, or in Victoria, and the Melbourne Queer Film Festival. Someone told me there was a car race on as well
2: rather grand race oh. with lots of lots gentleman's. of foreigners in town
0: yeah but lots of gentlemen's as well
2: oh very much well there's lots of girls hanging around too but yeah, not too sure if they want the cars or the boys <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: like, apparently uh, the, had, the town was buzzing
1: yeah well apparently they had world record or record crowds there this year which is a good thing and I, I think certainly the weather helped that along a fair bit but oh, oh, it's yeah. fabulous to see that uh, the public supporting it
0: And one of my shows ended up on Sunday night. Uh, I was still in town at a quarter to midnight, still catching my next to last train. But you'd think it was 12 o'clock in the midday. There were so many people around. And the weather was such that they were just sitting there, just looking at the stars or watching the passing parade. And I thought,
1: yay. And it's excellent. And another good thing to acknowledge is that everything was done peacefully and everyone enjoyed themselves and nobody got hurt, which is great.
0: That's right.
1: Philip, you had
0: a name of one of the drivers who didn't do successfully at the Formula One.
2: Daniel Avocado. I love that. It is. Well, the the little boy, he's three at best, I would reckon, and he couldn't pronounce Ricardo. Yeah. Or didn't need to pronounce Ricardo because everybody knew who he was talking about. Yeah. So that's... That's the highlight of the weekend for me.
0: (laughs) Good. We'll see the cars repainted in avocado green next time round. Black
2: and white didn't do them any good. (laughs) Uh, Black and white, black and
0: yellow. Yeah, wow. Coming up in a couple of minutes' time, we'll be talking technology of the aerial variety with young Will.
1: So if you're not asleep already, you certainly will be after that. <laughs> It'll just be some plain
0: talk. <laughs> plain talking. Oh, Philip, please.
1: <laughs> now we've got a, a,
0: Karen is gonna sing a song for us. Um, looking for love, what's her name, please, Phil?
2: I, was it Martinez or Ramirez or I've never heard of her.
0: <laughs> you're on joy.
2: Come fly with me, let's fly, let's fly away
0: This is your captain speaking What's your name young fellow in the front seat there?
1: My name is Will and what do you do, Will? Well, I'm a licensed aircraft maintenance engineer, which is, uh, for short, a lamey or a lame. Um, so, as I said, it uh, goes well at parties when you uh, people ask you what you do for a profession. But, uh, yeah, I've been working on and uh, well, certainly working on airplanes since I was 12 years old. Uh, I started at ANSET in 1988. I did my formal apprenticeship with them as an aircraft maintenance engineer. And then when I was 23 years old, I... Did my series of exams with the government and uh, did my first license on the 737 Classic. So I became a licensed aircraft engineer. Wow. I, now,
0: can I just say, say to you, young Phil, such an ego in the studio. We haven't had an ego like that since Gordon was here. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I, I don't detect ego. I, I had an interesting experience of going through the ANSET maintenance hangar, mm-hmm. obviously many years ago. Here in Melbourne. Here in Melbourne. Yep and there was a brown stain along the outside of the fuselage and the people or the person giving us the tour asked what we thought it was now unfortunately some people said it was the toilet but that would have been blue do you know what that stain would have been nicotine nicotine Mm. disgusting nicotine pulled out of the air in flight It is incredible, yeah. sticking to the fuselage.
1: It used to actually, uh, obviously, having uh, cigarette smoke in the aeroplane is a very bad thing for the passengers, and it was rightful that they got rid of smoking on Mm the aeroplanes, also had created a danger with potential fire, etc. But one of the good byproducts of having smokers on an aeroplane was that it actually showed you where the leaks were, so you could... uh, (laughs) Give give instant attention to the structure. Hello?
0: Yeah, Yeah, believe it or not. now, Now, are you the person or one of the people of the team that actually look for the things, the faults in the aircraft as it's standing there before it even leaps into the air? Yes. Yeah. And so you're the service technicians in between flights?
1: Yes. Yeah, we uh, And depending on the type of flight we do, it depends on the type of check that we have to do. But generally, most of the checks are done overnight when the aeroplane stops. I was going to say, sometimes but the turnarounds
0: are pretty quick and they haven't even had chance to, to do much
1: Exactly, but when you're flying a twin-engine aeroplane over uh, great distances of water, we have uh, specific turnaround checks that we do on the aeroplane called an ETOPS extended twin operations check, for example, and um, we need to ensure that everything is all the fluids and that are serviced and everything is you know up to a higher standard, and we do a recertification of the awareness certificate for a particular flight like that.
2: Now, I've got a quick random question. Mm-hmm. I'm a computer engineer. I know the inside of a computer backwards. Mm-hmm. Yet I couldn't publish a newspaper or a newsletter. <laughs> you know the inside of the plane backwards. Could you land a plane? Yes. Okay, that's nice to know. <laughs> yeah.
1: hey, look, flying a plane really isn't as hard as what a lot of people think. It certainly is a skill. Once you you learn that skill, and it does take a little bit of time, but you uh, flying one airplane to another. I mean, airplanes have their general characteristics. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I had a. But you have the-
2: to certify for each type of plane that you fly, don't you?
1: Yes, exactly. Yeah. But I had a go. I had some simulator a, a few months ago, and I got to fly the A330 for the first time, and um, it has some very unique handling characteristics that I wasn't used to, and I landed it, but I landed it pretty hard, it's I must not confess. like
2: Bugs Bunny who was falling from the sky, and he hit the airbrake,
1: so he didn't hit <laughs> the ground. <laughs> no, exactly, but... <laughs> Believe it or not, the seven three seven is quite an easy airplane to fly. I've had a few goes of that over the years. And well, it and must then... be a
2: popular plane. It is. It is. An except accident. one model today. Exactly. Yeah. Can we just brush on the current crisis mm-hmm. with one model of the the family? Yes. Um, which has been grounded. Mm-hmm. I'm not too sure how many people really understand what the problem is. Okay. So oh, what's it's... the problem?
1: <laughs> Okay, well, I think we just need to start off first by saying that the the seven three seven family is an excellent uh, airplane. It uh, has had a very successful career since nineteen sixty seven.
2: It's the Corolla of the air. Correct.
1: It is. Uh, it is the Land Cruiser of the air in a lot of ways too. Yeah. It, it just keeps going. It is a rugged, durable machine, extremely reliable. And we are now seeing uh, the fourth generation of this aeroplane being produced, which is known as the MAX series. So initially it came out in 1967 as the 1200 series, powered by the Pratt Whitney JD8D engine. And then in the early 80s, and this was deemed to be inefficient. They put a new engine on it, a CFM56 engine. They did some extensions of the wing, did some slight modifications, and rolled out a whole new series, the 34500 series, which is colloquially known as the classic series. Mm-hmm. Uh, Then certainly in the late 90s, they did it again. They did a 40% change and modification, did some adjustments to the wing. Did some wing tips on the end then? Correct. Uh, They modified the landing gear. They put slightly bigger engines on it again. Uh, It was a, a, a more advanced, more computerized version of the CFM engine. And they refined a lot of the issues, and they made the NG series, which is what the airlines in this country fly today, which is predominantly the 800 series, but the NG series is the 6, 7, 8, 900 series. Now we've entered into this new generation, uh, and we have a lot more computer power. We have more efficient engines again, and we, when we talk about efficiency, there are they are huge gains in efficiency. So airlines that want to save money in fuel really want these these airplanes and these engines developed and they've come up with the max series of airplanes and you'll hear max 7 max 8 max 9 max 10 which is essentially the same airplane but they're just sizes of the max they're essentially the same airplane with the same type of engine and this was released about 20 months ago 24 months ago the new max series and it its engine design on this airplane is so unique and to, to make this engine fit, uh, they've had to squeeze it in. They've had to do some modifications to the landing gear. And on the surface, it seemed to be okay. But what happened was was that because it was a much larger engine, it has a what they call a centre of thrust uh, issue. So it they had a lot of difficulties fitting it. And one of the things that they were concerned about is when too much power came on to the engines, it would tip the nose up of the aeroplane because the centre of thrust wasn't in the traditional position because they couldn't physically fit it in the traditional position. Yeah. So they developed a computer uh, called a Manoeuvring Characteristics Augmentation System, an MCAS, which when it detected the thrust that was coming on, it would go, oh, okay, to prevent it from going nose up into a, in, a, in a pitch and preventing it to going into a stall scenario, which is very dangerous, it would then send a signal to the stabiliser trim to force the nose down on the aeroplane. So now what's happening is there's a fault with this system, and I think we need to put it plain and blunt. There is a, there's a very serious So the fault.
2: system thinks it's
1: pointing up when it isn't. Correct. Now, what and is it's causing, pointing down Well, when it shouldn't. what is causing this problem, none of us are really entirely sure, and we unfortunately have to wait for all the formal data to come out. Mm. We have to wait for the formal investigations to be complete. Anything I will then say from that will be speculation. But nevertheless, what is happening is the MCAS system is activating at the wrong time and it is pointing the nose down. The pilot is then trying to fight to point the nose back up again, building up a lot of speed. The aeroplane thinks it's in a stall, but it's not. It's building a lot of speed. There is massive confusion in the system. It then gets ugly. I think what is then happening is the elevators are detaching from the aeroplane. The aeroplane is then hitting the ground at high speed. Not a good one. thing. Not a good thing, so, so,
2: Is it fair to say this is unprecedented for such a new model aircraft to be removed from the sky? No. Not unprecedented? Not unprecedented.
1: This has happened before in the past. Remember the DC-10 had a fault? Can I say that the first jumbo that, according to
0: something that I saw on TV recently, mm. uh, they had to restrict the power on takeoff. They restricted them to about seventy or eighty percent power rather than hundred percent for takeoff. And once they're up, they are okay. But once again, there was this uh, unresolved matter which got resolved pretty quickly. But it's not, as you say, uncommon.
1: We've got very complex devices. There are When we push technology, when we develop things, we're always going to have problems. We we will not go forward as a human race unless we face those challenges. And the issue with the 737 and this uh, MCAS system and what's transpired, I have issues with the FAA and Boeing not grounding the airplane when they should have. To right. me, this is unprecedented. Nevertheless, things do happen. Things go wrong. And as Chris said with the 747 series back in 1970, the, the engines of that airplane was a totally new concept. It was a brand new development. The aeroplane would not have survived without that power or without that style of engine being developed. But the problem was, was that they made the compressor casing too flimsy and not, not rigid enough. And at power, it would stall and the engine would explode. So they had power restrictions. And then they went through a process. But
2: shouldn't you find that out during manufacturing and testing?
1: In a perfect world, we do. But the reality is is that it's not a perfect world. Well, they've
2: got deadlines to meet, I guess. and
1: That doesn't help. Correct. Mm. But still, at the end of the day, um, I- issues that you cannot imagine will creep in. But it's how you manage those issues and, and, and the process that you go through is the important thing.
0: Well, we've got young Pandora here talking about smile and shine. But that's what you do. It's like a conquer as you... Kick the tyres.
1: And light the fires. (laughs)
0: Exactly. No, we're joking. It's far more serious than that. But you're on Joy. Been there, done that with Will, Phil, and Chris.
1: You're listening to a Joycast from GLB-TIQ community radio station, Joy 94.9.
0: You're with Will, Phil and Chris.
1: Chris is going to have to
2: change
0: your name to Bill. Yeah, or something like that. You're a, you're a deal or yeah, this, You can be a deal. Okay, I'll be a deal. Well, Terrific, indeed. Thanks very much. Yes, been there, done that as a show. Normally it's in the history items, and uh, but today, because of Will's expertise as an aircraft engineer, and a lame one at that, <laughs> we have got his expertise in some of these little chats. But now we're going to be talking about some of the anniversaries that are falling due at a bar and about this time. Someone who is of the modern generation as opposed to old and well and truly buried. We've got Jim Parsons, the US actor from Big Bang Theory. Where he represents the character Sheldon Cooper. Her birthday on the twenty fourth of March, born in nineteen seventy three. Going strong. But Phil, what did you reckon he's done to the show? Killed it. Killed it.
2: He didn't want to play anymore. Oh, and uh, I think the um the producer whose name escapes me right now, he did two and a half men um, it'll come to me after we... Anyway, they both decided, uh, is it the 8th or ninth season? And when you're dealing with actual humans, they tend to age. Uh, oh, whereas yes. The Simpsons oh. will go on forever.
0: So the other cast members are moving on with their other careers, and they fall apart, basically. Yeah, so he's
2: got young Sheldon to go on with. Yeah. Which isn't the same. I mean, it, it's like watching a prequel... where everything about his personality is 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 explained.
0: Now, he's the character who has introduced me to... um Asperger's and OCDC. Oh, no, o- OCD? OCD, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is a ACDC. No, no, I, uh, that's, that's a pain, so they tell me. Well, uh, no, there's uh, nothing and wrong and with it, him. His mother had him tested. <laughs> that's right. That's right. But it, it, it is an opportunity in the modern social media to represent a slice of society that hasn't been represented favourably in the past. And to put a, not a comical or a, uh, strange face to it it's creating a connection a reality connection
2: yeah i think he's also just displaying pure genius in a socially inept way because i used to work with a guy who had coke bottle glass glasses two hearing aids and a speech impediment yes he was a walking computer he literally could redo code overnight that the r&d team might have spent a week on so his knowledge and his thought process were from another world but
0: but that's just the brain reorganizing its connections so to to favor what works and what doesn't work
2: yeah but he couldn't function in a crowd and if we wanted to put him to sleep we just turned the heater up (laughs) that's the only (laughs) way to shut him up (laughs) (laughs) so i I just see a lot of sheldon in in actual humans that i've known
0: the other thing of with jim parsons is that he is married to his male partner That's right, he's gay, and in Hollywood. I know, I know. It's a
1: bit unusual, isn't it? That's what I keep saying every other week on this show.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, at the Melbourne Queer Festival, uh, there's a couple of films of Hollywood, as it was in the 40s and 30s, where all these particular uh, events were occurring under the radar. And now they're being re-exposed, and we're thinking... Oh, such a sordid time it was. Not like it is now, but it's the same thing. We've, we, there, there is a degree of uh, public knowledge of what's occurring now and taken for normal, where whereas previously it was uh, scandalous.
1: That has uh, reminders of Graham Kennedy in our own country. Yeah. Exactly the same thing.
0: Precisely. What, yeah. was it unusual to put your
1: boyfriend in the boot of your car and drive him to <laughs> Frankston? <laughs> <laughs> But
0: yes, it's how you present some of the, not the oddities, the variations in characters that are around in the street walking up and down every day of the week.
2: But it shows the acceptance of him as an actor being openly gay and employed. Oh yeah. Because the problem I would imagine up till now is that I can't tell you who I really am because you won't hire me. No, because no. gay is a but, but such s- a disadvantage.
0: Yeah, but sadly, you know, with, with a series called Glee, there was uh, there's been an actor in that who was confused to the point of desperation, and is not longer with us. And I don't think Jim Parsons is confused or or out of depth or at desperation point. He is confident in his person as he is and he's representing this other character as well yeah. who is confident in his own way
2: but in favor of glee they actually had gay characters oh, on screen
0: yeah yeah a couple of the films at the melbourne queer film festival are developing this aspect of coping with the internalized homophobia or the reality
2: and of- it should be explained to the masses that being gay is nothing new Oh, it's is been around a while now. Has it? Yeah, probably yeah. check back in the Bible. A couple of thousand centuries. <laughs> yeah, So it's not something new to be worried about.
0: Also on our anniversaries list is one person that is part of a whole series of people who've been involved with technological advances in uh, industry and in science and, te- and general technology. We're talking about Arthur C. Clarke Thank you, a UK science fiction futurist writer Born back in 1917 and uh, death is recorded in 1903, 2008 He had the concept of a space station And he had built a whole story around it And I forget the, na- the name of the film
1: Two- Space, yeah, Space uh, 2001 Space Odyssey
0: Oh, really?
1: Which yeah. is the yeah. most watched film in my life
0: Think of the person who had the concept. Make that leap.
2: Yeah. See, that film came out in 1968. The 1960s was somewhat known for space travel and it was front page news. Yeah. So it was very topical. But what the film shows us is that he suggested
1: the iPad would exist. Yeah. They had Mm -hmm. these little
2: tablets. He had a Video phones. Yeah.
1: He had a lot. He was actually the initial, uh, what certainly what brought us to the public attention was satellite communications or satellites in general, mm. how they worked and the theory behind it. That then, was real world stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But before it was before Sputnik went up, for example, he he long wrote about that uh, concept. Sput- yeah, but Sputnik was a
2: satellite in the sense that it orbited Earth. Yes. <laughs> not not in what we now call satellites. It's not a. Stationary orbit telecommunication satellite. Correct. It was uh, a football. It was an
1: orbiting satellite, yeah, as opposed to a geostationary satellite, which yeah. is still, still still technically orbiting, but it is fixed in space because it's so far out. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Actually, incidentally, you know how? Uh, well, I'm not too sure if you guys remember. I, I certainly wasn't born when Sputnik went up, but people used one. You were one year old, but the people used to go out and watch Sputnik fly over.
2: You could see the dot. Allegedly, see the dot. I, I didn't. I, see, now you can go out and watch the space station go by. A
1: very bright star moving across in the sky. Eh? I, I haven't actually spotted it okay. personally. No, I've I got, got an app on my phone which tells you when the space station's going over and you can run out and, and see it. It's like a bright star going across the sky. Tell me honestly, have you waved? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> but Just it, the was, in, it like. was interesting thing about Sputnik was that people used to see the, the light the small star in the sky fly by, it actually wasn't Sputnik; it was the rocket body that it went up in. Because Sputnik was only about the size of a basketball. Oh yeah, and you could not physically see that. It was actually the rocket body that was trailing behind it, which was. But it would have had
2: the same scary effect in the minds of absolutely 1950s identical. Americans.
1: Yeah. Well, the Russians are
0: flying over our houses. Yeah. Close the curtains.
2: <laughs> the iron curtain. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but that—that's the thing with technology. There's certain societies in the world who are still living in the dark ages, whether that be uh, 30 years ago, or 300 years ago, or 3,000 years ago.
2: Well, there are some people now with the attitudes mm. that should have been dumped in the 1950s. Oh,
0: really?
2: Well, I'm not going to talk about any federal politicians from Queensland. Thank you very much. <laughs>
0: Oh, we've got a choice there then, haven't we? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's right, we haven't got time.
2: <laughs> you got any eggs? <laughs> I Look, the only thing I'm worried about is whether the eggs were free range or cage. Well, if Because this point. kid's reputation is resting He's on, on the line. line. <laughs> <That's right.
1: laughs>
2: Vote one egg boy. Oh, well done. You're listening to Been There, Done That on Joy
0: 94.9. You're listening to a Joycast from GLBTIQ community radio station Joy 94.9.
1: Like to ride in my Hello, do you say that to all the passengers, will or not? Well, on occasion I do. Now, that was a TAA commercial, believe it or not. That song was used in, in 1967 yes. or something.
0: Up, up and away with TAA. TAA that's the it. friendly way. You've got to remember that little <laughs> tag. <track. laughs> they also had a bus line as well called AAT, yeah. Us About Tours.
1: That's the one. <laughs> but they weren't flying balloons. The song was all wrong. Well, that's true, but it was a great theme song for TAA.
0: Who remember? Who here remembers TAA? I do. Yep, I do. <laughs> hey, I, I got. Oh no! I got bumped from the last flights of Ansett and got uh, the inter international replacement from Brisbane down to Melbourne. And it, it might have been a jumbo for all I know, but we all us uh, non international passengers were loaded on, and we didn't have passports or anything. We had to go through passport control. Uh.
2: I was introduced to technology at Essendon Airport. You <laughs> really? They yep. had a colour photocopier. Yep. Which for a dollar or something, you could get a page. That mm-hmm. they also, their front door had this pressure pad, that if you stood on it, the door opened magically. Oh! That would have blown your mind. It did. I would have been six or seven, and since then I've barracked for Essendon. <laughs> And have been into technology.
1: <laughs> it's funny how airports uh, bring uh, introduction to technology for people, because my story, it was 1973 or 74, I would have been three or four years old, and I saw my first video game at Melbourne Airport, mm. and it was a table, and it was the Pong, and you put 20 cents in, which was like a million dollars back yes. then, and you, you just, little uh, Reerstat knob, and you... <laughs> Yeah, a little yeah. tennis thing are gonna I beep, 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 can tell you're an engineer
2: was... calling it a risk.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and it was um it was like mind boggling. This is a TV game. It's just it was yeah. the first time I would seen any video game.
2: The first time I was at well, I was at Changi Airport and I was on my way back from Guam via Tokyo and Singapore. <laughs> it, it pays to book early when you want to travel around Christmas. Mm-hmm. Like, anyway, I went to the bathroom and went to wash my hands and the tap came on automatically. Oh, I thought, I'm on Mars. <laughs> this <Yeah>. is amazing. <laughs>
0: yeah. Let's just go back to one of the disasters that's happened to the airlines in the ra- recent years, MH370, the missing plane mm-hmm. and the missing circumstances. Technology has moved on in the four years since then they're now saying that instead of relying on uh, the aircraft mounted beaconing, we can use satellites that are in the sky and other uh, devices to track every flight that's in the air at any one
1: time. That's correct. That technology's also been around for quite a long time. There's been lots of uh, development done. They call it FANS, uh, Future Air Navigation Network System. Yeah. Uh, That's all satellite based, but this stuff was always just in development. It wasn't Implemented and they still carried a lot of the older technology, and that was what the standard was. Unfortunately, when Malaysian Airlines disappeared, and where it disappeared, a lot of that monitoring or that. Surveillance technology just didn't reach out into that part of the planet yeah. because there's no reason for any airliners to go out into the middle of the Indian Ocean. Uh, anything that goes from Australia to South Africa pretty much goes over the poles. Yeah. Uh, and there's certainly a lot of tracking uh, facilities out at that part of the world, but nothing through the centre of the Indian Ocean. So it fell in quite a unique part of the world. Was so, it coincidence no, or deliberate? No. <laughs> As an aviation professional, the, the, the stance is always the same. I will always say the caveat. We need to find the airplane. We need to formally investigate what's happened to it. Until then, all I can do is give opinions of what has happened. And anything I will say is just an opinion based on the evidence that has been brought to light and that I'm privileged to. First of all, the thing that drives me mad about Malaysian 370, and certainly it's now starting to air its ugly head in this recent incident with the 737 MAX, are the so-called experts that are out there who want to get on the media, who have zero credentials and zero experience in the industry, coming out with the most crazy most stupid, most unplausible explanations. And high-ranking TV and radio stations around the nation and the world are giving these people uh, credibility. They they need a voice, don't they? uh, Oh, and it just kills me. And Malaysian Airlines 370 disaster was rife with that. And given the the unusual circumstances and the little information that is available to anybody, uh, officially and unofficially, um, they were grasping at straws. And the amount of idiots that came out there and clouded the whole thing with complete diatribe, uh, really, really frustrates me. Uh, people say, what happened to Malaysian 370? What's your opinion? My opinion and my guess, and that's all it is because we need to find this aeroplane and we need to uh, uh, technically uh, be, uh, assert what, what, is, what actually yeah. happened. Now, all I can go by is the circumstances. Some of them are unusual, yes, don't get me wrong, but once again, plausible. And I also look at the aeroplane technically, and I know the 777, I worked on that very aeroplane, MRO, which was the registration of the aircraft. Mm-hmm. Its first flight was... We may have found the problem. Its first <laughs> flight was Melbourne, Kool, uh, Kuala Lumpur, Melbourne, Kuala Lumpur. It stayed in Melbourne for about six hours during uh, its first initial transit. I actually had the honour of pushing that aeroplane out, brand new.
2: Would that have had a digital or analogue black box? Digital. The signal or the beacon lasts about a month after a crash 14 days okay not not as good as i thought
1: no. <laughs> but that's the legal requirement. what about requirement. the
2: signals what about the recordings stored in is it Dude. static memory or does it need power how long can that black
1: box sit it's non-volatile underwater? it's non-volatile memory it's okay so it, it's there forever if
2: we can find it yes we'll have the data we'll get answers
1: yes now uh, uh, and and once again to explain what I believe may have happened to this aeroplane. I have to use words believe and may because that's all I have a guess at.
2: Disclaimers have been approved.
1: Is that I look at what's happened, I have a rough idea of what could have gone wrong, and then I start looking at other aeroplanes technically around when that was built. So if we go back to something simple like cars and they have a fault, quite often the fault gets carried through a number of cars until it's identified and they go, whoa, that manufacturer made that component. Has made a fault, we fix it and we change them over. Now, yeah. two aircraft that were built on the same production line before that one was an Egypt Air triple seven two hundred series, same model, mm-hmm. built two behind MRO, and it had a faulty window heat transformer, and it created quite a nasty fire when it it, it, it breached an o- first officer's oxygen line. Okay, so to me, all the characteristics about. MH370, MRO, which is that airplane, and what happened to a sister aircraft has, to me, a lot of similarities. And what could have transpired when that event happened is plausible Mm. to what could have happened to MRO or what could have happened to MH370. And to me, it is not a pilot terrorism First of all, terrorism, it's, it's instantly dismissed because if you were to do something as spectacular as MH370, the first thing you want to do is claim responsibility. That's Will right. Zero people to this day have claimed yeah. responsibility. There has been zero evidence of anything untoward. And I firmly believe that the pilot, I, I would just, not, not that it's not unplausible, but I just find it difficult to grasp, especially what I do know about an original font with the aeroplane mm. that goes on with its sister aircraft. And how it transpired and what transpired does have plausible synergy. And I think it is simply an accident. And And it's where we can just leave that. Wow.
2: Is that a good enough story for the press?
1: Well, that's the thing. They, I think they, you hit the nail on the head there, and that's probably why they don't like to get people like me, because I just tell them that it's an accident, and it's not aliens from space or yeah. or, or how can or, we build on your story that has yeah. or it wasn't a <laughs> covert Russian spy in the eBay flicking flicking around with the computers and landing it on an island and everyone, <laughs> you know, come on, put your science fiction and Tom Clancy books down, guys. This is just an this. Odds on, yeah. it's an accident. Reality and will, isn't as much fun. And they don't like that, do they? <laughs> no. It doesn't sell airtime for, for all newspapers or TV time. Yes. And that's the problem. Moving right along.
0: Moving right <laughs>
1: along.
0: <laughs> well, we're going to be having you back with us next week. Excellent. So I think that we might have a few more questions because it's obvious uh, not like walking out of your car opening the door and jumping in and turning the ignition key. There's far more to your role in all these activities than we give you credit for. Uh, it might look glamorous when represented in the TV and in movies, but you do get your hands dirty. Let's put it that way. We
1: do, yeah. On occasion we do. At, uh, and sometimes it can invo- involve the toilet, so yeah. <laughs> ah, <laughs> we won't be discussing that next week. It is fascinating, the toilet system <laughs> on an aeroplane. You should. But, but, <laughs>
0: Can blue icebergs fly from the sky?
1: <laughs> blue ice, all that is, is that the, the tank has to have a, a base disinfectant. So you have a tank and you don't want the waste just going into a dry tank. So you just have a blue disinfectant. Uh-huh. And what happens is so when a toilet aircraft's toilet tank is emptied, they just, just top it up with a little bit of blue disinfectant. And unfortunately, sometimes that blue disinfectant leaks if the yeah. valve is not correct. And it goes into the panel. It freezes because it's minus forty up there, yeah. and it eventually bursts the panel open, and a big lump of blue ice falls out. On when you houses. hit the flush yes. button
2: or pull the lever, mm-hmm. and that sound of rushing air—yes, what air pressure is that? Is that like opening the window? Correct. It is. Why? Why don't your ears pop?
1: Ah, oh, because it's a little volume of air, and it's compensated back by the jet engines that is pumping air into the engine and okay. into the cabin anyway. So yeah, because I've often wondered. If I got sucked in, where would I land? <laughs> so you have the water ta- water waste tank. Never sit,
0: remain seated when you press the button. That, I think, is the quick...
2: Oh, my research is there's actually enough ventilation between the seat and the toilet <laughs> so that you wouldn't get vacuumed.
0: Do you think that would have been designed into the, the toilet I would have seat? mentioned it. Well, I know the toilet seats actually cost a lot of money. They do, yeah. That's because they're specially designed. Once off, you don't go down to Bunnings and get a replacement coroma seat from the,
1: their toilet range. Did you know the toilet seats on an aircraft are dampened? Because well, you can I've, imagine I've seen that they have been wet
0: well, sometimes.
2: Well, Some people no, got bad aim.
1: No, well the thing is, is that if if a, if a bloke goes to the toilet, and obviously, yeah. the natural reaction for a bloke going to the toilet is to lift the seat up. Yep. Mm. And then if the aeroplane gets in turbulence, you don't want the seat going bang down on the uh, on the toilet itself, okay. frightening all the passengers, so it is dampened as it goes down. So, pneumatically
0: well, controlled. Correct. Well, wow. so is
1: my toilet in my new apartment. <laughs> oh,
2: it's no. not as dampened now as it was five years ago. But it's not a vacuum system toilet, though. I hope not, because the <laughs> people downstairs would be most upset. <laughs>
0: Oh, there's much more that we can find out from young Will when he comes back next week. And we'll hope you'll be with us as we go down that road as well. Thanks for being with us today, Will, thank you, Phil, and Chris.
2: Bye from me.
1: See you next week. Bye. Love radio? Joy is now on iHeartRadio. Turn us on anywhere.
0: This Joycast is a free service brought to you by Joy94.9. Support Joy94.9 by becoming a member at joy.org.au.